MSW Media. Big shout out today to Helix Sleep. Take their two-minute sleep quiz and they'll match it to a mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and use code HELIXPARTNER. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, June 7th, 2023. Today, a federal judge has ordered the release of the names of the people who bailed out George Santos. A Texas sheriff recommends criminal charges against DeSantis for his migrant flights to Martha's Vineyard. Over 20 members of Trump's Secret Service detail have testified to the documents grand jury in Washington, D.C. in the past few months. The Saudis and Live Golf have bought the PGA Golf Tournament. And the Oregon Attorney General has announced an investigation of the Fox Corporation Board for broadcasting false claims about the 2020 election. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Whew, I am here in D.C. and everybody is fitting to holler. Oh, on a buzz. A buzz, I am sure. Fitting to holler, as my dad used to say. Uh, everyone's purchasing champagne. I think, you know, Instacart right now, that's all they're doing across D.C. right now is Instacarting champagne to people's uh, homes. But, you know, again, we don't know what's happening because we now know that there are two grand juries, one down in Florida and there's one in D.C. And there's a lot of different theories. Andrew Weissman says it could mean that, you know, maybe the guys who lied to the FBI in Florida uh, to, you know, like Walt Nauta and his pal and the IT Mm -hmm. guy. Yeah. Because he lied, because if they lied to the FBI in Florida, they would need to be charged in Florida. And maybe the rest is being charged in D.C. But they're they're seeing a witness. They're hearing witness testimony in the Florida documents grand jury today, Wednesday. But it's also to wrap up loose ends, quote unquote. And of course, the D.C. grand jury in the documents case hasn't been doing anything for a few weeks. And now they're coming back this week. And so, you know, there's all sorts of theories like they're going to indict for maybe espionage in D.C. this week and then do the obstruction in Florida. Or Jack Smith could have decided to move the whole shebang to Florida because that's where the obstruction took. We really just don't know. Uh, Although Jack Smith was spotted on the street today for the first time since he, you know, since (laughs) since he was appointed 29 weeks ago. And he just didn't say anything, just kept walking. Um, (laughs) And uh, but yeah, apparently he's been working out of some fucking janky office like not anywhere near the department of justice just sort of kind of hiding which i i like you know keep, yeah. keep your head down. he doesn't need all the bells and whistles he's just going to get things done keep your head down and also buried lead in the new york times story about this whole two grand juries situation 20 more than 20 of of donald's secret service detail have testified before the dc federal grand jury in recent months in the documents case so interesting but that's that's a buried lead in that story uh, by Maggie Haberman. Andy and I will discuss it all on this weekend's Jack episode. But lots going on. But we also have so much other news. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. New from Luke Cohen at Reuters. A federal judge has ordered the unsealing of the names of the people who bailed out George Santos. More here from Pengeli at The Guardian. Quote, the Republican congressman and serial fabulist... George Santos. Fabulous sounds like a good thing, though, right? But it's not. 
(laughs) (laughs) It's like sublime sounds terrible, but it's really, really good. And fabulous sounds fabulous, but it is bad. Uh, He has until Friday to appeal an order to reveal the identity of the three people who had guaranteed his $500,000 bail on fraud charges. And that's according to a New York judge in a minute order on Tuesday. A lawyer for Santos said he had the identification of the guarantors would imperil their health, safety and well-being and claimed that the New York congressman would rather go to prison than reveal the names. Quote, my client would rather surrender to pretrial detainment than subject those shirters to what will inevitably come. And that was what Joseph Murray wrote to the judge on Monday. At his arraignment in Long Island last month, Santos, 34 years old, pled not guilty to multiple charges of fraud, money laundering, theft of public funds, making false statements, all kinds of stuff in there. And uh, the New York Times sought the identification of Santos's bail guarantors, arguing they should be identified as they had a chance to exert political influence over a congressman. Right? Pretty good argument. Other news outlets joined the Times in its effort, and on Tuesday, Santos did not comment. More detail from CBS, the magistrate judge, Ann Shields, said Tuesday that she will order to unseal the identities of the people who paid the bail, but she directed the clerk of the court to keep her decision and the bond under seal, giving Santos until noon Friday to challenge her ruling. So he only has a couple of days to appeal this ruling. And a defense attorney for Santos filed a motion under a court-imposed deadline Monday night, arguing that the court should keep the records under wraps. So they already asked him what he thought of it. And he's like, nope, we don't want to reveal these. And she she overturned them. So that's basically what's going on. Court filings show that the House Ethics Committee, which is also investigating Santos, had also requested the identities of the individuals who helped him pay his bail. Santos's legal team has not provided the records of who helped assure his bond to the Ethics Committee. Now, many people... Many people are strongly saying that uh, it could be Guo Wangwei and maybe Steve Bannon, but it could also be two people we've never fucking heard of. We'll know soon, though, I think. AG, is this normal, like, for them to request this in any case, or is this specifically, and I'm not defending George Santos because, you know, I think he's a piece of shit. I was just curious. I've never heard that someone would have to say who paid their bail. It's uh, for specifically because this is a congressman. We don't get too many congressmen elected. Totally. Right? That's fair. Yeah. And it's also based on him, like, falsifying like documents that have to do with money. So I'm sure Mm -hmm. that's got to be part of it. Okay. Well, you can't really hold that against him because he is innocent until proven guilty of that. Right. But the Times was like, look, if people have monetary influence over a U.S. congressman, we need to know who they are. Got it. Okay. That all makes sense. I was like, okay, just just curious because I wanted to know. Right. Because I'm also leaning toward protecting people. Totally. Yeah. All right, the story is from Henderson, an alternate for Raw's story. Fox News' willingness to promote the false claim that the 2020 election was stolen from former President Donald Trump has cost the right-wing cable news outlet a lot of time and a lot of money, and it may be getting worse. In April, Fox News agreed to pay Dominion Voting Systems $787 million to settle a $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit. And Fox News is still facing a separate $2.7 billion defamation lawsuit from Dominion's competitor, Smartmatic. Mm. On Monday, June 5th, Democratic Oregon Ellen Rosenblum announced that she was conducting an investigation of Fox Corp's board of directors. Now, she alleges may have failed to live up to its obligations when it promoted the big lie. Well, yeah, (laughs) there's an understatement. The Oregon Public Employees Retirement Fund, and this is according to the Associated Press, 
owns over 250,000 shares of Fox stock. Oh, so this is how she's getting it done. Yes, exactly. Now, Rosenblum is conducting the investigation with Oregon State Treasurer Tobias Reed, also a Democrat. Now, Rosenblum announced, and I quote, Treasurer Reed and I believe that Fox's board of directors breached its fiduciary duties by allowing Fox News to broadcast false claims that Dominion and Smartmatic rigged the 2020 presidential election. We hope to hold the board accountable and protect the long-term value of Oregon's investment in Fox Corp. Now, Oregon State Attorney General has a track record when it comes to pushing back against MAGA election lies. In December 2020, 12 Republicans serving in the Oregon State Legislature, they sent Rosenblum a letter asking her to join far-right Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton in his Texas versus Pennsylvania lawsuit, which urged the U.S. Supreme Court to overturn the election results in four states that the president had won, that Biden won. That's Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, and Wisconsin. Rosenblum did the exact opposite. Instead of joining Paxton in Texas versus Pennsylvania, she expressed her total contempt for his lawsuit which the high court rejected. And December 11, 2021, Rosenblum tweeted, again, a quote, today I joined 22 AGs in filing a brief opposing Texas's last minute attempt to have the U.S. Supreme Court take the election from the American people. Texas has no business interfering in other states' elections. The sooner the court rejects this latest outrage, the better, which would have been nice when, like Ted Cruz stood up and actually took objection to Arizona's election. Yeah, and she was totally right when she said Texas had no business in interfering of other states' elections. That whole lawsuit was thrown out, Texas v. Pennsylvania, because Texas had no standing. And now Ken Paxton, indicted in 2015, has been impeached and is not getting paid and is no longer the attorney general while he awaits trial in the Senate. So, meh All right. All right, next up from Blasky at the Miami Herald. This is a great paper if you guys don't subscribe to the Miami Herald. I highly recommend it. A Texas sheriff's department has recommended that the district attorney in Bexar County, or is it Behar County, bring criminal charges. I, somebody corrected me on this before in the good news, by the I way. I know. I think it's Behar or Bear. Bear County. And the reason I know, I remember this specifically because we have talked about this story, that, that, the, that the sheriffs, uh, w- you know, we're going to look into this to see if it was criminal to you know, fly these migrants to Martha's Vineyard. I'm going to say Bayer County. And uh, please send me a correction if I'm wrong. But the Texas Sheriff's Department has recommended that the DA in the county DA bring criminal charges over the first iteration of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis's, when I say first iteration, he does this a lot, so-called migrant relocation program. Those flights last September sent 49 asylum seekers, most of them Venezuelans, from San Antonio to Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts. According to a statement provided to the Miami Herald, the Bear County Sheriff completed its criminal investigation into the -the on-the-ground operation that lured migrants onto flights with false promises of jobs and opportunities at the other end. Quote, the case filed includes both felony and misdemeanor charges of unlawful restraint. That's according to a statement. At this time, the case is being reviewed by the DA's office. Once an update is available, it will be provided to the public. So this is like a kind of like how an inspector general does an investigation. They can't bring charges, but they can recommend that someone who can bring charges bring charges. So they've done this. Got it. Some are felonies, some are misdemeanors. Now it's up to prosecutors in Bear County, which includes San Antonio, to decide whether to follow the sheriff's recommendation and to charge these folks. Don't know if it goes all the way up to DeSantis or if it's just the boots on the ground people. 
The district attorney did not immediately respond to requests for comment. Last fall, Bear County Sheriff Javier Salazar issued special certifications to all of the migrants flown to Martha's Vineyard, declaring them to be official victims of a crime. That paved the way for them to stay in the United States under special visas for those helpful to law enforcement. So this whole fucking thing backfired on DeSantis because now they have visas because they're victims of crime. Uh. Unlawful restraint is a misdemeanor unless the victim is younger than 17, as was the case for five of the migrants. Ugh. Handing the case over to prosecutors is a critical juncture in the criminal probe that could snare some of DeSantis's top aides. The migrant relocation program using Florida tax dollars was overseen by DeSantis's chief of staff, James Uthmeyer, and public safety czar, Larry Keefe. We, we need to stop using the word czar in the United States for people who are in charge of shit. Can we do that? <laughs> the sheriff announced its charging recommendations in a statement to the Miami Herald on Monday as news broke of several dozen migrants transported from El Paso to Sacramento just recently, using a playbook similar to the one DeSantis used to send asylum seekers to Massachusetts last year. Although DeSantis has not yet confirmed the state of Florida was behind the latest flights to California, the migrants arrived outside Sacramento and near a church carrying documents that indicated the travel was arranged by the Florida Division of Emergency Management and Vertol Systems. That's the private contractor that also arranged the original flights to Martha's Vineyard. That's from the office of California's attorney general. And the California attorney general says, we're investigating the fuck out of this. Well, that's not a quote. The quote is, we're investigating the circumstances by which these individuals were brought to California. We're also evaluating potential criminal or civil action against those who transported or arranged for the transport of these vulnerable immigrants. That's attorney general Rob Bonta in a statement issued from his office. It is amazing. There are some good people out there. and God, these people are just pieces of shit that are doing this to other human beings and using them as political pawns. I'm just really tired, tired of it. And I imagine Gavin Newsom will also get these folks, you know, visas allowed to stay in the country as there are victims of potential victims of a crime as well. That would pave the way for us to press charges for this latest flight as well. Yeah. Well, you can file this next story under a huge disappointment, by the way. This is from NBC News. The PGA and Saudi-backed LIV Golf announced a merger on Tuesday in a stunning end to their bitter rivalry on the fairways. This is courts and geopolitical stage, okay? PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan, who once said playing in LIV events would warrant an apology, said the deal would benefit the sport now, okay? So this is a quote, after two years of disruption and distraction, this is a historic day for the game we all know and love, Monahan said in a statement. Going forward, fans can be confident that that we will collectively deliver on the promise we've always made to promote competition of the best in professional golf and that we are committed to securing and driving the game's future. End quote. While Monaghan told CNBC the move was necessary to grow the sport, he said there's been a lot of tension in our sport for the last couple of years. But what we're talking about today is coming together to unify the game of golf and to do so under one umbrella. Together, we're going to move forward and we're going to take efforts to grow and expand this great game and take it to new heights. Well, golf legend Phil Mickelson, who had led prominent players away from PGA Tour to help form LIV, tweeted his approval of the news Tuesday morning. And the former president, a backer of LIV as we know, took a victory lap, if you will, Tuesday, I'm sure in a golf cart since he can't actually jog anywhere, declaring he had depicted that the PGA would have to come to an agreement with the Saudi-backed golf operation. Now, loved ones of the 9-11 victims have protested outside, and I'm sorry, I was calling it LIV, just live events, uh, drawing attention to Saudi connections uh, to the 2001 terrorist attacks. Another quote from the story, PGA Tour leaders should be ashamed of their hypocrisy and greed. 
This is from 9-11 Family United Chair Terry Strada said that in a statement on Tuesday. Went on to say, our entire 9-11 community has been betrayed by the Commissioner Monaghan and the PGA as it appears their concern for our loved ones was merely window dressing and their quest for money. It was never to honor the great game of golf. Now, while the deal carries some risk for the PGA, George Washington University sports marketing professor Lisa Delpy Nerodi said players, consumers, and golf sponsors ultimately have short memories and just want to see the world's best tee off every weekend. Okay. This is a quote. I have so many problems with this whole fucking story. This is a quote. Players just want to get paid and they want to play against their top competitors. And fans want it too, she said. They don't want to not have the top players playing in the PGA. End quote. Well, the agreement will also end all litigation prompted by the PGA suspension of players who had ignored its threats and played in live events. AG, is it live or live? I think it's live. All right. Live events. I don't care. L-I-V, live, live. It's the same. All right. You say potato. Tuesday's Mm. announcement came nearly one year after Monaghan blasted players for signing up for live events, saying association with the Saudi fund would have a moral stain. Yeah. Duh. Yeah, they're they're literally playing over Kosoji's blood. I can't. I can't. A dramatic and stern-faced Monaghan said last year, he knows families who lost loved ones in 9-11 attacks and told live golfers to take a long look in the mirror before accepting Saudi government money. Well, that changed. And this is a quote. I would ask any player that has left or any player that would ever consider leaving, have you ever had to apologize for being a member of the PGA Tour? Monaghan said that from Toronto on the CBS telecast of the RBC Canadian Open. This is a quote. PGA Commissioner Jay Monaghan co-opted the 9-11 community last year in the PGA's unequivocal agreement that the Saudi Live Project was nothing more than sports washing of Saudi Arabia's reputation. That was from Strada, whose husband Tom, a very avid golfer, was actually killed in the North Tower nearly 21 years ago. This is the other quote. But now the PGA and Monaghan appear to have become uh, more paid Saudi shills, taking billions of dollars to cleanse the Saudi reputation so that Americans and the world will forget how the kingdom spent their billions of dollars before 9-11 to fund terrorism, spread their vitriolic hatred, and finance al-Qaeda and the murder of our loved ones. Make no mistake, we will never forget. I mm-hmm. am shocked by this decision. It's disgusting. And just really fucking disappointing. And this story, I don't even know how much it delves into the, the killing of our journalists, of Khashoggi. I, I don't even know if it, where it touches it. This is just about the 9-11 victims. It's just gross. Yeah. And how was Donald Trump able to push them into doing this? Yeah. I mean, did he have something that the Saudis wanted? I, I think it's a fair question. I mean, it could be a classified document. It could be a lot of things. I mean, it's all about money. It all leads back to money for them. Well, it's fucking dirty and it's gross. And I I don't, I don't like it. Um, Just some real quick breaking news before we go to the good news. This is from Mike Schmidt at the New York Times. Meadows, Mark Meadows's lawyer has said without commenting on whether or not Mr. Meadows has testified before the grand jury or at any other proceeding, Mr. Meadows has maintained a commitment to tell the truth where he has a legal obligation to do so. Okay, well, we'll see what happens there. Don't know if we need to read into that too much, but of course, you know, we'll break it down on the Jack podcast. Probably talk about it a little bit more in detail on tomorrow's Beans. But uh, we do have some good news to get to. So uh, send your good news to us, dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. We'll be right back with it. Stick around. After these 
messages will be right back. Hey, everybody, you know I found my perfect sleep companion when I discovered Helix Sleep. It's like sleeping on a personal cloud, comfy, snug, supportive, in all the right places. This mattress isn't just a sleep surface. It is a haven for restful nights and refreshed mornings. Just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. And you'll get 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows. Helix's star-studded lineup of 20 distinctive mattresses is a testament to their dedication to serving everyone's comfort needs. Everyone's unique. They know that. Whether it's the award-winning Lux Collection, the newly minted Elite Collection, or tailored designs for big and tall sleepers and little kiddos, Helix has you covered. Just take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and in two minutes, you've got your dream mattress ready to be shipped right to your door for free. Helix understands we're all unique sleepers. I'm living proof. The Helix Quiz paired me with the Midnight Model, perfect for folks like me who prefer a medium-firm bed and like to sleep on their side. It's a huge upgrade. It's massively improved how I sleep, head and shoulders above any other mattress I've owned. One of the best parts is Helix offers a 100-night trial and a robust 10 to 15-year warranty, depending on the model, so that you can experience the mattress magic right at home without any worry. So skip the mattress store because they're weird. Take the quiz, get matched, and enjoy direct-to-your-doorstep delivery. And now, introducing Helix's latest evolution for sleep quality, the Elite Collection. Amazing new high-quality mattresses that cannot be beat. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and use code HELIXPARTNER. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, you want to give a shout out to somebody you love or an adoptable pet in your area, a small business, your small business, um, uh, you want to play what the mutt or what the heck wine or send frog orgies or baby pictures or your happy place or would be stories, whatever you want to send to us, dailybeanspod.com and click on contact is how you do it. All right. First up from Jean, pronouns she and her. Hello, queens of the beans. Hopefully you won't need this info, but from my public sector experience, As a caller of names and working with numerous South Asian names, several times told I was the first person to ever properly pronounce a name cold, I can tell you that the no-chance Republican candidate's name is Vivek Ramaswamy. Vivek Ramaswamy. Worked with other Viveks, so that's for sure. Ramaswamy, based on the usual cadence of similar names. Keep up the good work. Pod plant tax. I moved into a new apartment last fall, and I was happy to see the hyacinths coming up this spring. After weeks of waiting for the blooms to open all the way, in another bed some feet away, what I can only assume were a couple of stray seeds sprouted and bloomed in just a matter of days. Hope these count as babies for Dana. Bottle cat for scale. (laughs) I really do love you all trying to make me happy as often as possible. It's adorable, right? These are little tiny little flowers. It does make me happy. They're tiny and sweet. All right. You want to take the next two? Because this one's short. I'm happy to. This is from Kim M. Pronounced she and her. Hi, Queens of the Beans. I try to listen every day. Here are Bonnie, who's the pity, and Haley, the lab sorta, playing on the beach in their younger days. They're 11 now and a little slower, but they're the lives of my life. Mm. And they are sweet. Oh my God. A pitbull in like Wayfair glasses. How could you not love that? Wayfair? Well, no. What is that? That, um, style called Jesus. Wayfarer. Wayfarer. Yeah, that was right, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Wayfarer. Yeah, Wayfarer glasses. Okay. Yeah, All right. You got it. 
Super cute. Okay, this is from Rob, pronouns he, him, longtime listener, and I start every day with the beans. Also love Jack and aisle 45. So, wish me luck. I'm headed back to church for the first time in over a year. Little backstory. I'm a member of the United Methodist Congregation that recently voted on whether or not to disaffiliate from the Methodists because the Methodist Church as a whole will be voting on whether or not to finally accept and welcome LGBTQ plus persons. I was shocked last March when our pastor announced that he is a conservative Christian who believes the Bible as written, and therefore in his mind, homosexuality and transgender is a sin, and that those persons wouldn't be welcomed in his church. I was godsmacked. I felt like the cartoon characters when their jaw literally hits the floor. I had an internal debate. Do I get up and leave in the middle of a sermon? Do I return next week in a pride tie? (laughs) I, I vote for the latter. Uh, when all was finished, I simply never went back. I'm not a member of the LGBTQ plus community, but I am a supporter with many friends who count themselves under that umbrella. The good news is our congregation voted not to disaffiliate and we are getting a change in pastor soon. Hell yeah. Yeah, that seems appropriate. I'm eager to see how it goes. My return may or may not be for long, but I want to be in a place that follows the loving, accepting model of Christ, not the fire and brimstone Old Testament judginess only. For pod pet tags, I've included pictures of Woogie, the calico. She's a diva who hates almost everyone and all other cats. And Nittany, our big chunkamunk, who loves every bit of attention you can give him. Thanks for all you do, AG and Dana, to not only talk about the issues, but lending your time and energy to the important causes we face. We will preserve democracy despite lots of effort from the right to install an autocrat. Keep Mm. beansing and swearing. (laughs) Don't worry, we shall. We shall indeed. Ah, thank you for that submission. Um, That was really great. That was well-written. I liked that a lot. Look at that kitty. Mm, Look at the other kitties. Cute, cute, cute. All right, from Anonymous, no pronouns. I love the Daily Beans and the Leguminati. I don't always love the news you deliver, but I appreciate that you also report it with a similar level of disgust and outrage. But never tarry in the land of despair. I wanted to say that I've really enjoyed recent clips from other podcasts that you've shared. They've been extremely engaging and informative. I think it's a good way to deepen and broaden the progressive reach and network. Maybe you could line some more of those up for your next vacation. Obviously not if it means someone has to work on instead of a vacation, but otherwise it would be a great way to relieve the expansive void of your absence. Oh man, thanks. Uh, I was listening to the good news this morning and I drove down I-81 to work. My ears perked right up at the word Shenandoah Valley. It's so easy to feel isolated here in rural Red Virginia. So I was thrilled to hear from a kindred spirit in the good news and then see uh, the graduate from our very own high school. Congratulations, graduate. And to the mom, how fun to know there's another legume here in the Shenandoah Valley. (laughs) I have included some pet tacks. My little sidekick refuses to leave his legs in the harness, but he loves to sleep in the passenger seat during any road trip. And then here are my kittens I never realized I needed. They were saved last year when they were five weeks old, brothers from a cat hoarding situation. They've been with me ever since. They prefer me or each other over any circle, square, or other thing, but they make excellent use of the dog bed. When they are sleepy. Yeah, cats will do that. Look at these ginger babies. They're sweet. Oh, they're beautiful. Indeed. Thank you so much for that. All right. This is from Will. Pronounce he and him. Hello, Beans Queens. I so appreciate listening to you on my way to work each weekday morning. Speaking of work, I'm a middle school teacher who teaches students who have been impacted by a series of traumatic events, including, but not limited to, 
firestorms here in Northern California, the COVID pandemic, and periods of economic uncertainty for many of our mostly immigrant families. I've been witnessing the cumulative psycho-emotional effects of these events on my students and fellow staff members over the last two and a half years, and this was a particularly tough year. By spring break, my students, colleagues, and I were feeling more than a bit exhausted. While on vacation in April, my wife and daughter suggested I watch Ted Lasso. I was hooked. I felt totally re-inspired after I binge-watched the entire first two seasons to catch up the current running episodes in season three. No spoilers here. When I returned to work after break, I decided to start a competition with my colleagues, and we voted on 21 lasso quotes to use on campus before the end of the year to have some much-needed fun. We even had score sheets and prizes. One morning in May, uh, in May, sorry guys, I don't know what that was about. One more... <laughs> <laughs> One more, wow, you're just going to leave that in there. I don't want an edit. I just had a moment. One morning in May, I arrived at work to find the iconic yellow Believe signs posted over every doorway in our school. I thought that one or more of my colleagues were trying to score extra points. Well, last Friday morning, on the last day of Lasso Challenge, my wife and daughter, dressed as Ted Lasso, showed up in our staff room unannounced with individually packed pink boxes of shortbread biscuits which they had baked themselves for all of our staff. And I finally, I found out who secretly posted signs. My wife and daughter had snuck in early one morning and taped them up before everyone arrived. My daughter even created a TikTok on it, knowing that I'm not on TikTok, so I wouldn't see it until the jig was up. I was definitely surprised. All I could say when I finally found out was fucking hell. <laughs> including a link to the TikTok of the two mischief makers in action and a photo of my daughter in costume. The song in the background of TikTok is her own song she recorded called Better, which she calls her anxiety anthem. Check it out if, if when you have the moment. I know you're Lasso fans. We are fans of you both. Mm. Thought y'all would appreciate it. And this picture of your daughter <laughs> as Ted Lasso with these biscuits is freaking adorable. It is. This is so good. Oh, man. It really, really is. This is this is fantastic. Uh, and yes, I, I'm like I'm having withdrawals now. I'm having Ted Lasso withdrawals now that it's over. So oh, it's so good. Such a full the writers, the actors, <laughs> everyone involved in the show. Kudos to them. It's a fantastic feel good series. Yeah, uh, yeah. That finale, by the way, I, you know, and I've, I've I haven't talked too much about it because I don't want to you know give any spoilers away. But it was just one of the best wrap-ups of any TV show that I'd seen since Breaking Bad. Oh, that is saying a lot. And But this one made me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean Breaking Bad didn't give you the good feels? Well, I was going to go out and start cooking meth, but then I decided against it. You know, I thought it was probably not good for, you know, the law and stuff. Uh, so uh, this, you know, I just, the characters, it was so, like, because I hesitated to get into Lasso because I thought it was a, a show about soccer. Yeah. And sports. And I was like, that's not really my jam. And everyone was like, no, it's about people. No, no, no. Exactly. It's, a, it's about people. Go watch it. You will not be sorry. And now I'm into football and now I want to go watch San Diego's getting a new team. I'm going to be going to it because of Ted Lasso, you know? That's awesome. I hope you I hope you support the women in San Diego. Uh, Alex Morgan plays for your team in San Diego and a few other of the women's U.S. national team. And they're really fucking good. Yeah, it's totally happening. It's definitely yeah. starting. Um, so absolutely. Uh, anyway, thank you so much, everybody. I'll be watching this indictment watch. Um, but uh, yeah, Meadows, Meadows has testified at least once. So, but you know, he had to, he was compelled to by Judge Beryl Howe. But how did he sneak in without us knowing? 
That's what I want to know. Anyway. Well, he did a lot of things without us knowing. So that doesn't make me really that that surprised. (laughs) That's so great. Uh, Anyway, thank you so much, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. Are you off tomorrow, Dana? I'm here. I'm here. Oh, you're here. Sweet. Excellent. Well, then we shall both be back in your ears tomorrow. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. And take everyone with you. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.